through the hood. Follow us on the ground at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. What's up and welcome in. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Open phone lines for you. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. Follow me on Twitter, Twitter.com, TweetJHood, Instagram, IGJHood. Tyler, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great, J-Hood. We've got a lot today. So much stuff happening right now. I mean, is college football going to happen? Is it going to happen? See, now you're you're tugging at my heartstrings here because you know how much I love my college football. You know how much I love Saturdays. And so I look forward to talking to Adam Rittenberg uh, about that on summer football coming up in an hour. Of course, we always give you something football, something college, something pro, something fantasy. We're giving you college football because of the news about the Big Ten. Uh, The Big Ten will be playing conference-only games. So what does that mean for the um, college football playoff? What does that mean for some of the non-conference opponents? Do they get paid? Rittenberg has all the answers. We'll talk to him in an hour from now. So if you're a Big Ten football fan or just love your college football, check in an hour right here on ESPN 1000. Um, so, And by the way, the baseball show, that was our fourth edition of the baseball show. We're having fun with that show. If you're a baseball fan, if you have not heard the show live, uh, check out the baseball show on the ESPN Chicago app. I uh, Look for the baseball show, click that, and then you can be able to go back and listen to our thoughts about baseball, information about baseball, having fun with it as we count down the days to Cubs and Sox and everything else, MLB, when the schedule is supposed to start. So here we are on a Thursday, and there's some news that we got to get to, but we always love to be able to give you something special on a Thursday. Let's see, it's Thursday, it's the 9th, so I'm thinking today, right now, time for a throwback Thursday. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Before Snapchat. What is that? Before Twitter. So what's the sitch? There was. (laughs) That's so throwback. Those were the good times. That's so throwback. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Throwback Thursday memories. I see a little silhouette of a man. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Put your hands on the throwback. All you need is love. Oh my, it is time for Throwback Thursday. Right here on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. If you love your sports from back in the day, call now. Call now because we do have a lot of stuff we want to get to, but I want to get to you first. That's what's important. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. Let me tell you what we have for our topic for Throwback Thursday. I want you to think about uh, a a kinder, gentler time for Throwback Thursday. Uh, Memories that you've always kept, especially as a sports fan. This is your segment, Throwback Thursday. So the question that we have for you for Throwback Thursday is this. And I see a lot a long thread on my Facebook wall, Facebook.com, but I want to hear your stories. Simply put, what is your most memorable game that you've watched in the last 10 years? 
Was it on TV? Was it in a stadium? Your most memorable game that you've watched in the last 10 years. 312-332-ESPN. Because as we are sitting here now in 2020, we don't know if we'll be able to go into a stadium in 2020 or this summer or this fall. But I know that you have memories of going to games. So what is your most memorable game that you watched, either on the big screen or live? 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Tyler, let me start, and then we'll get the ball rolling and get some calls in here for our Throwback Thursday. So I have a number of them, but I'll just tell you about the one um, that I saw and attended. Going to South Bend, going into the belly of the beast, going into South Bend as a Georgia fan and wearing my Georgia gear and walking through the parking lot with my Georgia license plate. No, with my, as a Georgia <laughs> guy going in there and, and could not wait. Cause they always say the sec, right? The sec never comes North. Well, they came North and my team, they beat Notre Dame. Oh, back in time, Georgia beating the Irish. Wimbush hit, lost the ball. Who's got it? Still free. Georgia looks like they've got it on the bottom of the pile. Bellamy with the hit. Carter in there looking for the recovery. Georgia ball. Ball game. What was special about that weekend is because I believe it was Braves-Cubs that weekend. I believe it was Falcons-Bears might have been that weekend. So the whole town, the whole city of Chicago was taken over by a lot of red and a lot of Georgia fans of some sort, right? They were all there to support Georgia. So I go into South Bend not expecting the crowd that Georgia had. I expected for it to be, you know, um, some, some, I expected it to be some, some people there. But it was about, I'm going to be kind I'll say 65% Georgia fans in South Bend that day. I mean, they took over the ballpark. They took over the city of Chicago. But then coming to Notre Dame, I just feel like Notre Dame fans might have sold their tickets or just they just got overrun by Georgia fans. It was amazing. It was a great experience for me to be in the house, to be there in the stands watching Georgia beat down Notre Dame to see that live. I have a number of memories, but that's one of them. And I go through the Facebook wall, facebook.com. What is your most memorable game that you've seen the last 10 years that you either watch on TV or the stadium? There's a lot of them here. I see um, I see the Bears. Let's see, this from Tim White. Bears getting beat by the Packers in the NFC Championship game in 2010. Um, I see from Bill Wright, he says, Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. He watched that on TV, one of his great moments. Um Joan Chandler says the Federer Nadal epics. Yeah, you talk about some great tennis. We're talking, we got to invest some time too, by the way. When people complain about how the college football is too long or baseball is too long, no one complains when you have an epic matchup in tennis. So she's right. Uh, Federer Nadal were great, uh, great matchups uh, over the last 10 years. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, We got a number of them here. Oh, so. Howard says Villanova defeating North Carolina on a three at the buzzer to win their national championship with Coach Wright. Yeah, that's really a good one as well. Um, And so the list goes on. There's a a lot of them here on the Facebook. I want to get your calls in here on this. 312-332-ESPN is our telephone number. Um, 
Oh, oh, here's one. A White Sox one from Mark Kelly. Mark says, Tim Anderson's walk-off in a wild game against the Tigers. They won something like 13-11 to last April. Was supposed to go. He didn't get a chance to go because of the rain threat. Uh, And he watched on TV with his buddies. So, Tim Anderson coming into his own with the White Sox uh, last year. Yeah, that's (laughs) – remember that game? They did post-game for that. I remember talking about that game uh, here on ESPN 1000. So, some good stuff. How about Miguel Atkins says the Super Bowl – in which the Patriots defeated the Atlanta Falcons. Remember that the, the uh, Patriots had a 28-3 to deficit, right? The Falcons are going to coast to a Super Bowl, and then 31 unanswered points, says Miguel, and the Patriots win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I remember having a party here at the Hood Cave. My, co- my crazy cousins and uh, family were here to watch that Super Bowl, and it's almost like my family uh, stopped paying attention to the game because it was 28-3, to and people was like, ah, you know, this game's over, the Atlanta's going to be lit because Atlanta uh, has really been thirsty for a championship for a long time, and the Patriots end up winning that Super Bowl. That was a great moment as we do Throwback Thursday. Uh, right here on ESPN 1000 and ESPN Chicago app. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Some really good memories here. Evan Thomas says on Facebook, he says, Notre Dame versus Stanford 2012. Uh, again, really, really solid game there. So I'm going through a lot of these. Um, <laughs> some fun stuff. Uh, Joey A says, I'm not a Sox fan. I loathe the Cubs. It says, I'm a Sox fan, load the Cubs, but I have family members who love them, so it was pretty cool to see uh, them win the World Series. So some some good stuff there. So let's go back in time. Yeah, the number of people say the last 10 years, the thing that meant the most to them is the Cubs winning the World Series. It's no question that that was great. Um, and the so- next pitch to Martinez, a swing and a slow chopper toward third. Here comes Bryant on to first. And the Cubs have won the World Series. A moment that many thought might never happen has happened here in Cleveland. For the first time in 108 years, the Chicago Cubs are World Series champions. That is one of the best calls uh, that the Cubs had for their World Series. I mean... Joe Buck had a great call when the Cubs won the World Series on Fox. Dan Schulman right there. As, and by the way, the World Series, you know where I was for the Cubs World Series when they won that? I was standing in our studios on State, and, uh, our State Street Studios, and I was in the studio waiting to go on. And I was watching the TV, and there were seemingly hundreds of people outside of our studios that could see through the glass to see the Cubs win the World Series. And the celebration, this should be on my Instagram somewhere, uh, IGJ Hood. There's got to be a video of that, of people just jumping up and down, hugging each other on the streets uh, when the Cubs won the World Series. And I just kind of just looked through the glass. It's just amazing to see that moment. People were just living and dying on every pitch, standing outside, there's nobody could have walked on that side of the street of our studios because there was hundreds of people that were there to watch the Cubs win the World Series. I'll never forget that. You know my then- favorite part about the – you mentioned the, the Dan Schulman radio call. Mm-hmm. So there was a great stat at the time where that radio call and, and the Cubs flagship radio call from Pat Hughes is the only time in history that the Cubs radio 
or that any Cubs World Series victory has been called on the radio because the radio had not yet been invented back in 1908. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? crazy? <laughs> I, I wish Pat Hughes would have known that little tricky because it would have been a better call. Um, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't great. I'm just telling you, like, like Joe was great. Shulman with a great call. And Pat Hughes gives us the Chicago Cubs running around like little school children have won the World Series. That was so bad. It was bad. That was horrible. It was horrible. And to the point where I remember us, because of this, the uh, the uh, Cubs flagship did not allow us to play the Pat Hughes version until midnight. So we play it for the first time, and I tell Felix, I said, Felix, why would you cut that call? Let's hear, let's hear the whole thing. He goes, no, that was the call. <laughs> Felix Reyes, he goes, oh, no, 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 that was the call. I'm like, what? It's like, that. that's the call? That's it? The Chicago Cubs running around like little school children have won the World Series. Like, of all the calls. If, if I'm on that call, if you're on that call, you're, you're falling out of the booth that the Cubs won the World Series. Am I right? Come on, man. Yeah, I, I was sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that was an underwhelming call. I just I'll tell you that right now. All right, we'll take your phone calls, Kim. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. I want to find out from you on the Throwback Thursday. What is your most memorable game that you've watched in the last ten years? I see you on hold. We're going to get your phone calls. Three one two three three two ESPN is our phone number. A Throwback Thursday on UTH. Under the hood with Jonathan Hood. Follow on Twitter at tweetjhood. We'll talk to Jesse Rogers coming up at 7.30. Live from Wrigley Field, we'll get his thoughts on what's going on with the Cubs. Also, we'll have summer football as we give you every night. We'll give you something football. Tonight's going to be Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com. We'll get his thoughts on what's going on with college football. This is going to be some classic non-conference games that will be erased because the Big Ten will just be um, will just be a Big Ten conference-only game. So, Let's get your thoughts here as we do Throwback Thursday right here on ESPN 1000. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. I'm reading your Facebook wall here, facebook.com. The question is tonight, guys, what is the most memorable game that you've watched in the last 10 years, either in person, uh, live in the stadium, or on television? Let's go to the phone lines and talk to you. We will say hello to Amin in Schaumburg on ESPN 1000 on Throwback Thursday. Hey, Amin. What's going on, Hood? First time calling, man. So I got a story about Ryan Howard's last home run in Chicago uh, at, at Wrigley Field. And uh, man, this story just wants me to go back and grab a, beer, a couple of beers at the park. But um, So I'm but like three rows behind like third base. Ryan, I've been talking smack to Ryan Howard whole game. He's 0 for 3. Um, and then last at bat, I was like, all right, I'm going to give him a little break. Uh, everybody in my section was like, no, keep going. He's having a bad game. Um, and it's pretty like there's not a lot of people there, so they can hear me pretty well. So I'm talking smack. And then Ryan Howard, I say something like, oh, man, you suck. You're terrible. And I see him flinch. And he hits the ball. Oh, I can't. Definitely over the fence. Definitely hit the streets out in the field. And Ryan Howard circles third base. And this man looks in my section He's like, yeah, how about that for an old man? I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. 
I can't believe he looked at me and talked trash to me. Everyone in my section was like, why did you do that? I was like, you guys just told me to talk smack, and I did it. It was like, oh, bro. <laughs> Jeez, uh, man, what a time. You made him you you got him hyped. You got that old man hyped. He's like, I, oh, let I me got show you him something. Hyped. He hit it about four hundred and fifty <laughs> feet, man. I swear it just seemed like it never dropped. I was I was shook. Yeah, that's a good that's a great story, man. Thanks so much for checking in. And the mean leaves line open 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. Um let us go to Mark in Lake Forest on a throwback Thursday on ESPN one thousand. Hey Mark. Hey, hoodie, good to be with you. Hey, um so while I hold I kinda got two. Uh one, I was at game five of the World Series. Mm-hmm. Got tickets from a broker and sat next to Bill Murray. Oh, and I, I have, I have video evidence to prove it. It's totally cool. But I got to tell you, my number one, Mike Gray, head coach of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I saw him in October the year before they joined the ACC, and he said, "Yeah, how about our ACC debut? Uh, we get to play Duke." My, uh, my mentor. Coach K, uh, if we beat them, I'll go to any bar you name. And the biggest dive bar in South Bend is the linebacker. So mm-hmm. he said, if you win, we're going to the linebacker. Well, guess what? At 11 o'clock, we found Coach Gray, and we tried to pull him to the linebacker. <laughs> and his, his people would not let him go. So I was in per- – and I got way more, but holy smokes – if that's not a great story, I don't know what it is, man. All right, Mark. I'm glad you checked in. Sounds like you're still at the linebacker. I appreciate your phone call. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. Yeah, I saw Bray. I saw Bray a couple of years ago on a plane. Oh, gosh. They start All these trips start to run together now. I believe it was Phoenix the last time that they, they – uh, Final Four was in Phoenix, so that was what was it, Tyler? Like three years ago? Yeah, I was gonna say two or three years ago, because that was when they just started a bunch of like ancillary contests outside of the actual tournament itself. Like I remember there was a three on three contest they did too there. Yeah, but I believe yeah, that's I believe that's a Nova year. Yeah, yeah. So so, so at least a couple of years ago, I get on the plane and I'm wearing because I'm the um, the television voice of the UIC Flames basketball team. So I was just wearing a UIC pullover on the plane. And um, <laughs> me and, and coach um, made eye contact. He was sitting up front. I was sitting somewhere in the middle. And I'm coming down the aisle, and coach and I see each other. I go, hey, coach, good to see you. And he goes, hey, coach, hey, good season, man. All right, man, be good. <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> that's too I'm, good i'm just a broadcaster like you know just like but no i got the uic like pullover you gotta just, play it I, off i was like he's like i said hey coach good to see you man hey, hey coach hey, good, good season man just like you don't know if uic was any good or not you know what you know the school when you see it because i had the logo on right but it's just like hey man good year good year thanks man thanks. you should have started to try to negotiate some of those buy games for uh for the flames get a, get yourself a nice trip to south bend out of it <laughs> it's just kind of funny there he is just pointing me out he, i guess i look do i look like an assistant do i look like uh, some you know fourth rate assistant on the end of the bench i think i do i guess i did at that you could time do it. yeah i could see it <laughs> 
Hey man, diamond press, diamond press. <laughs> ice, <know>. ice. <laughs> That's me. I mean, I, I don't get any airtime. You never see me on TV. You see me on TV at the end of the bench. It's just me saying ice and diamond press or, or get them next time. Pretty much at the end of the bench. That's me. All out uh, the screen. <laughs> How many timeouts do we have? Coach? Uh, uh, three. Are you the are you the clipboard handler, or, or are you putting up the the seats too during the timeouts? The the speed placing of the seats. Yes, I'm part of that. Yes, I'm hel- I'm helping <laughs> I'm helping the other students yeah. get those chairs out there and that stool ready for coach handing him his own clipboard and then moving out of the way because I've got nothing to say about it. That's me at the end of the bench um, on a throwback Thursday right here on ESPN 1000. Kyle is in Joliet on TBT on UTH. Hey, Kyle. Adrian, good to be with you. I just had yes, a couple sir. things I want to say. So, you know, I'm an old school wrestling fan, Daddy. So I've been to a couple of pay-per-views, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I've heard some loud pops. I mean, the CM Punk pops in Chicago are pretty big. Yes. But the night I was at the United Center when we uh, when the Bulls beat the Heat on their streak was one of the, one of the loudest uh, stadium arenas I've ever been in. And uh, you know, I'll never forget it. I ended up winning tickets on Facebook for that. Didn't think it was even a real competition. Get the tickets. Me and my cousin go out there. You know, the girl's a little mad she didn't get to go. Me and my cousin go out there, though. And, I mean, that place was wild the whole night, start to finish. I mean, you know, it was LeBron, the whole beginning of the super team and everything. And I'll never forget when uh, Kirk Heinrich takes the charge from LeBron and just wraps him up and takes him to the floor. That place exploded. I've never heard a place explode for a foul on the home team so loud. It was crazy. (laughs) <laughs> you you got you got to love that man when you're in those moments, right? Uh, oh, it's incredible! By the way, is the CM Punk pop the loudest you've ever seen? Because I've heard in loud person in person for the pay per views. Now I haven't, you know, I wasn't around for the, you know the, the Starcades and the, the Great American Bashes in the eighties and such, you know. <laughs> but um, but that punk, the punk pops live in Chicago. Even the punk pop that was fake when Heyman came out was yeah. ridiculous. And I was there for that night, too. Um, but that, that United Center, that night against the Heat, you know, it wasn't even playoffs. Just regular season was, was insane. I'm glad you checked in, Kyle. Appreciate your phone call. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. All right, Tyler, I gave you mine about um, Georgia and Notre Dame. What is yours in the last 10 years? All right, so actually that call from Kyle right there kind of reminded me of one that I didn't put in there. But it was the game when Nazi Muhammad shoved LeBron. I was at that playoff game, and that's the loudest I've ever heard the United Center get when they're trying to get LeBron ejected, and that was an awesome atmosphere. But I missed those old games there. But here is mine. This was – I was at a Cubs game with a friend, and this was one of the most memorable Cubs games, non-playoff games, of the last 10 years. Down in the zone. Perfect swing. Down. A magical swing. A magnificent result with the bat flip. That's one that Mr. Bodie will never, ever forget. Oh, man, alive. Pinch hit, walk off, grand slam. Let's get back. What a great moment, and how about that call? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's putting a, an exclamation point on one. Uh, there, is, <laughs> there is one call, though, 
that will forever live for me as I think the greatest radio call of all time. And I know this was thrown out in, in your Facebook feed and I think tweeted around too. Mm-hmm. But how about this from the Iron Bowl? Well, I guess if this thing comes up short, he can field it and run it out. All right, here we go. 56-yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Oh, my God. Auburn wins. Auburn has won the Iron Bowl. That was awesome. That's the, the greatest Ball. radio call in my in my opinion of all time. <laughs> I love time. that call. And, and rest in peace to to Rod Bramblett. But mm-hmm. that that I will never forget that game. They're gonna win the football game. Good God <laughs> Almighty! Only uh, in the I, SEC, <laughs> where it's acceptable, right? You can get go, you know, get goal oh, yeah. and just like, and you can hear them falling out of the booth. That's what I love. I love when you can he- actually hear a broadcaster more than likely falling out of the booth on the call. Uh, Nathan Bush sent that one in. Iron Ball, the Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama, twenty thirteen. Watch it on TV with his dad and his buddies, and. Uh, Boy, yeah, that was a great moment. There's no doubt. And a lot, by the way, on our thread is Blackhawks related as far as the um, best game that you saw live or on TV. Blackhawks 2013 Stanley Cup, 17 seconds left. It's finesse by Keith around for a feed in front. Doc Emmerich, giving you all you want right there. Oh, yeah. The best. Oh, yeah. I, my, one of my college roommates is a diehard Bruins fan, and so he was full-on ready to go to game, for the series to move to a game seven, and he, he had left the room with like a minute left or whatever, and then he comes back, and he sees they're, they're rolling out the cup. And he has never seen the, the two goals in 17 seconds. He swears he will never see it. I've tried to rickroll him with it many a time, but I've never been successful. <laughs> Man, and, and so don't let anyone, by the way, tell you that, you know, Doc Emmerich's good, but someone's better. No, Doc Emmerich is the best oh, in yeah. your generation and mine. Yep. Mm-hmm. And mine. No doubt. And I've been, I've been listening to hockey calls, TV and radio for a long time. And he is no, no, not question. He's the very best. And you want to know how hard his job is? I want you next time there's a hockey game, the next time that the Blackhawks are on, you try to call play by play of a hockey game. Just try. Mm-mm. It oh, is man, yeah. so hard, even for professionals. Hats off to uh, who's our guy for the the Hawks. I mean, Pat, Pat Foley's on the TV side, but uh, Who's the guy on the radio oh, side? Oh, you're. Oh, this is going to kill me now. Uh, uh, Weideman. John, John Weideman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. J- j- but what? Just 
fabulous, fantastic on the radio side. Him and Troy Murray, they're terrific. Uh, One-two punch on the radio side. You know exactly where the puck is when he's calling the game. I'm I'm a big fan of his. He does a great job. I've been listening to him for a few years. He called those Stanley Cup championships on the radio side when I couldn't see it on TV and I'm driving to the studio or something. He's he's just great. Um, coming up, we will talk baseball with Jesse Rogers. What's the latest on the Cubs? We'll find out next right here on UTH. This is Chicago's home for sports. Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. You're listening to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. We have got Summer of Football coming your way with Adam Rittenberg coming up at uh, 8 o'clock. We'll get his thoughts on some of the movement with college football, especially in the Big Ten. That's part of Summer of Football, 8 o'clock, right here on ESPN 1000. We turn to Jesse Rogers, who covers the Cubs and Major League Baseball for ESPN at Wrigley Field. Hello, Jess. Jay Hood, I might not hear you every time because, look, you hear the crowd noise here. Wait a minute. (laughs) A deafening, deafening crowd noise uh, at Wrigley Field tonight for the big game between Darvish and Hendricks, Jay Hood. Now they're playing music between innings. To entertain uh, seven reporters, I guess. What's happening, pal? <laughs> you know what's happening. It's, it's just amazing. Like, your reporting on this is just amazing. Obviously, we can't see it outside of the clips that we see uh, on Twitter from you. But, I mean, this is the whole game experience, except there's there's no fans. And just you guys watching this right. see simulated games, right? Yeah, thank God for social media, right? And we're able to post stuff. I haven't, I haven't posted uh, a video tonight. I did that the other night. Um, if I had, it would have been the trainer coming out to see Darvish. That would have been scintillating video on Twitter. Everybody uh, probably holding their breath on that one. Turns out it was a fingernail issue. This guy's had blister and elbow and shoulder problems before. This was just a fingernail. He stayed in the game. He pitched three innings. Hendricks went four, so he went a little bit longer. And, um, you know, from upstairs, it's hard to tell. Here's the thing. I miss, I miss instant replay as much as anybody at home. Right, it's really hard to tell from the press box how how, how the ball is moving and and stuff like that. So uh, the best I can tell you is they both got through their outings. Though Darvish had a little bit of a scare with the fingernail. Uh, one one note: uh, Kyle Schwarber went deep. The DH uh, left fielder took Hendricks out to left center, and we know that's his natural swing. And, and if, as they start the season in the warm weather, the wind's blowing that way. Watch out for Kyle Schwarber. Sixty games. What do you think? Forty homers still. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he'd like to have that. That's for sure. Uh, can you can you confirm something for me with Darvish? Yeah. Is is Darvish uh, trying to learn a new pitch? Oh, please! Every other day he's learning a new pitch. I'm I'm sort of tired of this storyline, right? Just perfect the ones you have. You know, I'm not blaming him though. He's got he's got this ability to move the ball with the best of them. So he's up to like 11. I'm trying to remember what the latest one was because. Uh, Last in spring training, it was the, it was the knuckle curve that, that Kimbrell had showed him uh, last year. Um, and so, yeah, he, he's got a couple ones. He calls this one the Supreme. Um, I don't even know what it does at this point. It moves a lot. That's all I could tell you, Jay Hood. <laughs> Listen to that ace reporting. <laughs> what is that? You don't even know what it – I mean, but, but he, at least – well, here's the thing. I'll, get, I'll take my hat off to him and say at least he's trying to do something new and not sticking – because, hey, he's got to try to get outs any way he can. So keep learning as long as he get outs. 
Well, get out. That's the key. I don't care if he throws two pitches or ten. And what do you want from me? I haven't spoken to the guy. I haven't seen the guy since February. I'm 500 feet above in the press box trying to figure out where what where you Darvish is throwing the ball and how it's moving. Not the easiest job to report during a pandemic, Jay Hood. Well, you're Jesse Rogers, so I thought you can do anything, but I guess That's I was true. wrong. Damn it. I'm not living up to my reputation, I guess. <laughs> What's Meanwhile, with this? Kit- Kipnis takes the plate against uh, Brad. Uh, sure, uh, actually, I'm not sure who's on the mound now. Oh, That's how far up I am. I'm not sure he's on the mound. Thank God there's not a game. Uh, you would Trevor not be pre- McGill. McGill's on the mound for the Cubs. Okay. Thank goodness it's not a real game. You would not be prepared for the update. You would have to. Watch, you would not. The, I put my feet up and I watch TV and I listen to Len and JD. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us something on Alzale? Um, I saw his, his tweets uh, about the taxi squad players, can you can you give us some insight on on what is going on with these um, extra players that are, are, don't seem like they're being treated fairly, at least yeah, not from his standpoint. Yeah, during camp for the next two weeks, they're, they're they're not getting paid much at all, but they are given room and board and all that stuff. Um, I was surprised that a young player like that would would speak out, but I'm sure he echoes a lot of what his teammates are thinking. Now, once the season starts, um, it, it might be different. And by the way, he might end up here in camp which is a different pay scale. But you know, I mentioned to Waddle and Sylvia, I had a player text me today after they saw that tweet, after this player saw that tweet, said, hey, kid, you're in the minors right now. And whether it's the taxi squad or single or double A or even triple A, that's how they're treated down there. <laughs> this player had no sympathy because every player that's gone through the minors has felt it. So, um, look, his job is to get here, and once he gets here, he gets paid handsomely. So I'm, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. This is an unusual year, and we know that a lot of minor leaguers are taking on the chin this year. Uh, but at least he's on the taxi squad. He has a good chance of ending up here with Jose Quintana on the shelf. Uh, Jesse Rogers uh, with us here on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, as we're doing the baseball show, we do our 5 for 5 segment, Jess, and Tyler asked me a question about uh, the new players that can make an impact uh, for either side of town. And I said, you know, it can go, it could be between Keuchel and Grandal on the Sox side. On the Cubs side, I said that I, I was not committal because I said whoever the, the new player would be for the Cubs that could, you know, pay dividends for the Cubs, maybe he's not on the squad yet, or maybe someone that's been undiscovered because the Cubs had very little movement in the offseason. Maybe who that, whoever that person is going to be is going to be the, the actual closer because I don't see Kimbrell being that guy for the long haul. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's actually a good question because they don't they didn't have a lot of movement. Now, it, it, the answer could be twofold. Uh, it could be someone that emerges in the back of the bullpen for sure. doesn't have to be the closer. It could be an eighth-inning guy. It could be uh, uh, Casey Sadler. He's a newcomer. There's a, there's a few guys. I mean, Rowan Wick is a, is a holdover, so you can't call him a newcomer. Brad Wick, the other, other Wick, is a holdover. So in terms of pure newcomers, there's not many. Now, Kipnis is the name that most people might say, right? He's probably going to be your starting second baseman, and he's the lone newcomer among all those guys. Um, so I think it's Kipnis or a bullpen arm that could emerge. And, man, they went for quantity over necessarily known quality in terms of those bullpen arms. So they have a bunch of names, but none of them stand out right now. A month from now, seven weeks from now, eight weeks from now, we might have a guy that's closing or, or setting up Kimbrough in a big, big way, and that would be your guy. But I can't give you a name other than Kipnis. Hmm. What, uh, what's your gut say about the closure spot? Do you think that Wick, uh, like Rowan Wick, has it, or does Brad Wick have have it? Yeah, I, I don't think Rowan, I don't think either one's uh, ready for it. So if Kimbrough okay. falters, it'll probably 
be handed to Rowanwick based on last year, unless Jeremy Jeffress uh, reemerges kind of from his bad season he had a year ago. Chris Bryant, oh, went right through Javi Baez's glove. You don't see that often. Kipnis is going to round second on his way to third. We're going to call that an E6, but good hustle by Kipnis on that play. Uh-huh. Anyway, where was I? Um <laughs> What are you? What are you on a KBO broadcast? What are you doing there? <laughs> what do you? Th- way, what do you think you're doing? Six thirty a.m. this Saturday on the KBO broadcast. Oh, jeez. Oh, it's actually weird. I'm stand. I'm sitting near a speaker, so it is kind of hard to hear you. So I'm just doing my own show right now. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's Jay, great. But, and I, I know you don't mind. No. Um. So yes, I think if Kimbrel falters, it probably goes to Rowanwick, but I don't think he's ready for the closing position. And to answer a question you haven't asked yet, I do worry big time about Kimbrough. I'm just going to go out and say it. Maybe he finds his form, but the Red Sox didn't see it at the end of 18. The Cubs didn't see it at the end of 19. And I haven't seen it in one inning of an intra-squad right here uh, two days ago. So I do worry about Kimbrough until further notice. What is it that Kipnis has that Nico Horner does not yet? Yeah, I mean, it's just experience, right? That's it. Horner has all the tools, but Kipnis has the experience. Um, has been through the league many, many times. And, uh, I mean, in a perfect world, Horner would have started the season, perfect world for the Cubs. Horner starts the season down in the minors. Kipnis does well here. Horner comes up, and they sort of do a combo thing. But I think they're going to do the combo thing right off the bat. So um, that's all he has, his experience on, on Horner. That doesn't mean he's going to be the starter every day for 60 games, but I think he gets the nod right off the bat, and then we'll see where Horner fits in. There's uh, a long one, way back, way back. Wilson Contreras, that one, that one is on to Waveland, my friend. That one is gone. A three-run shot for Wilson Contreras over uh, off of uh, either Bradwick or Trevor McGill. I'm not sure which one's out there. They're both tall. So Willie, Willie J. Hood, Willie, I hope you're having fun. Willie is uh, is the guy that took Kimbrough deep. The other day, and now he goes off uh, McGill onto Waveland. I mean, that was a that was a shot. <laughs> I think uh, I, I think Len Casper's job is safe. I, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with you. I would agree. I've never done baseball play by play. It seems easy, but after just doing it for ten seconds, there it's, it's not so easy. <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> what are you doing? Do you have a beer in your hand while you're sitting up there? We're not actually on the radio, right? It's just me yeah. and you talking on, on the phone. <laughs> Never mind. So, so with uh, with Baez and Bryant, we talked about this earlier today too. This is a real storyline, Jesse, on the future for the Cubs. There's so many plates spinning in 2020 yeah. and 2021. Where I asked a question earlier to Cub fans, you know, if you had your druthers, you know, who's going to be here for the long haul? And I, and I quoted you from our conversations even last year where there was questions on whether or not Bryant would even be around. Remember you mentioned Atlanta, a few other teams that were interested in Bryant. It just seems to me because of the Boris um, connection with Bryant, it, it sounds like that Baez would be the cornerstone, like, like post-Theo, post-Jet yeah, I mean, maybe too. Yeah, I mean, until further notice, I think we just have to pick up the story where it left off at spring training. And that was Baez was in discussions for a long-term contract and Chris Bryant was on the trade block. I mean, that was where things left off in spring training. I don't think it's going to drastically change three and a half months later with no you know, business or games or anything in, happening in between. 
Could it change this offseason? Anything is possible in this new reality we live in. Jason Hayward pops one up to left field. Kyle Schwarber getting under it. Can of corn. And he puts it away. Elmore with a nice backup in case Schwarber dropped that ball. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, Bryant was on the on the Zoom the other day. Bryant was on the Zoom the other day and, and, and was asked, you know, do you, do you think about signing up even more now because of what's going on? And he said yes. But it takes two to tango. He might want to sign up, but the Cubs may not give him what he wants. I mean, we're back to square one in a sense. The, the price might come down. Um, in terms of what Brian's asking, Jay Hood, but the price might come down in terms of what the Cubs are willing to, to, to offer. Um, and that's the new reality we're in. I mean, Bias you have to feel for because he could have that contract like Christian Yelich already has. Yelich is locked in for eight years. Bias is not and now has to uh, negotiate with the Cubs in the middle of this pandemic or next winter, whenever the case may be, with baseball losing all that revenue. So, you know, it's a new world here, and I don't know all the all the all the uh, you know permutations it's going to to take. But let's just pick up the storyline from where it left off. Baez is closer to signing than Chris Bryan is. Thank goodness I have my Jesse Rogers alerts on my phone from Twitter because I would have no idea that there was a schedule just just dropped in our laps for 2021. What's baseball doing? I mean, they just no warning. They just drop a schedule on you for 2021. I didn't expect that at all. Yeah, usually it comes out in August, I think. But even so, I just figured they would have held it for a while just to, you know, let's play this season a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they dropped that schedule. So, I don't know. Here's a, As a reporter who travels with the team, I don't know yet if I'm traveling this season. So, I'm already booking hotels for next season and flight, but I'm not booking anything for this season. That's how upside down things are right wow. now. So, yeah. It's weird, and they and they have a bunch of home games in April. That's the first thing I look at, which is never fun. They open up at home against Milwaukee and Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh and then Milwaukee. That's 21. This year, it's Milwaukee, and then they go to Cincinnati. Tyler, tell Jesse what you were telling me in our, in our meeting regarding the schedule. You, you feel like the Major League Baseball does a disservice to fans based on the way that they schedule and where fans can't see all the teams. Yeah, so Jess, hear me out here. So... A lot of people, especially Cubs fans, they were looking forward to the Red Sox coming to Wrigley this year. And now we're not going to see that because they're pairing up the Centrals again for 2021. And, of course, this season is abbreviated and they've changed it that way. Is baseball doing itself a disservice by not having its stars go to every single city every single year? Because we're fortunate here in a, two, in a two-team town. But if you were the Reds or if you were the Phillies, you can't see Mike Trout. You get to see him every six years. Yeah, I mean, this obviously is a problem this year and next year because, for example, the Cubs, like you mentioned, Yankees, Red Sox, those are marquee teams. And now the Cubs don't get to see them for several more years. And it's the AL Central, which isn't exactly marquee other than the White Sox. Um, But to answer your question, stars, I mean, Trout could go 0 for 4 very easily in the game that you watch him at Wrigley Field. You know what I mean? Stars don't drive baseball like they do in the NBA. When LeBron doesn't play against the against the Bulls, that's a problem. But when Trout isn't in Chicago, I don't I don't see it as big of a problem um, as as you would in other sports because it's just baseball's different. You know, they don't put on a show every single game like they do in the NBA. So I'm going to say that I don't have a problem with the every few years, it makes their arrival that much more special. The next 
Next time Trout comes to town, that'll be special, you know? And so that's the way I kind of look at it. Any fans out there, Waveland or Sheffield, outside? A few, not as many. By the way, you hear the song, that means they won. They won their scrimmage um, (laughs) against themselves. There's a few ball hawks out there, but not many. It's just, you know, Wrigleyville is dead, is dead. And, uh, I I mean, it's decent weather, although it's been pretty hot, obviously. Um, And, obviously, people aren't going out to bars as much. So, um, I'm surprised there aren't more ball hawks out there during BP and stuff like that, though. It's dead around here. All right, Jesse, future play-by-play man for the Cubs. Uh, Doing a great job with us here, giving us the insight. I know you got to hustle down there to get the postgame, so (laughs) see if you can outrun Bruce to get the, uh, the story. I'm going to hustle to my laptop for a Zoom interview. That's the hustle we do these days. Ah, It's it's crazy, Jay Hood. Looking forward to talking during the baseball show and looking forward to listening to it as well from the ballpark, my friend. So wait just a second. So you're not, you don't, no one has to hustle down to the, down the ramp. You just, what you just turn on the Zoom now, huh? No, I won't see the players until 2021. (laughs) I won't see the locker room until 2021. It's all on Zoom. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Can they turn down this music? I'm talking, please. Yeah, especially when when, when one of the lyrics says WGN. They're not going to be on GN. I don't know why that's the, that's still still the song. Yeah, they got to change it. Got to change it up. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. <laughs> all right, buddy. Have a great night. I hope your listeners didn't all run away after that segment. Take care, <laughs> no, pal. No, it's Jesse Rogers, uh, the uh, future voice of the Chicago Cubs with those that play-by-play call. I mean, that's just uh, that's something special right there. <laughs> He's my guy. Jesse Rogers with us here on uh, Under the Hood. All right, coming up, we will give you summer of football. As we do every night at 8 o'clock, we give you something football. What is going on with the Big Ten? What does that mean for the college football playoff? Adam Rittenberg with us in two minutes on UTH.